0: Welcome to Scene Change, a podcast by the National Federation of the Blind's Performing Arts Division. All about equality, opportunity, accessibility, and the arts. Here, you'll learn adaptive techniques from performers in the know. We are changing what it means to be blind, one stage at a time. Thank you for joining us today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Scene Change. I'm your host, Lizzie (music) Muhammad-Park. That was an excerpt from Perkofiev's Sonata Number no. 3 in A minor, played by Elizabeth Sprecher. Today, we will be discussing various elements of classical piano. We've rounded up three classically trained pianists in various stages of their careers to help you through the process. We're going to learn more about what it's like to be a blind pianist we'll give them all a chance to introduce themselves and we will begin with david Lai. welcome to the show david
1: thank you lizzie and hello everybody my name is david lie um, i was born and raised in china um, currently i'm a doctoral student at the jacobs school of music indiana university bloomington uh, in bloomington indiana um, previously i got my masters from Uh, the University of Cincinnati College Conservatory of Music uh, in Cincinnati. And and before that, I was um, uh, uh, a piano performance major at the Central Conservatory of Music. And um, so, yeah, I've been playing the piano for the past almost two decades now, I would say.
0: Wow. And next we're going to head over since we just heard um, her, her, you know, a piece, played by her. We will head over to Elizabeth Sprecher.
2: Thank you so much for having me uh, share my story on this podcast. Um, I'm Elizabeth Sprecher. I am currently a senior undergrad in uh, piano performance, also studying creative writing. And I'm a pianist at uh, Roosevelt University, Chicago College of Performing Arts. And I have played the piano for, oh man, like a Decade and a half now? Oh my god. <laughs> I can't believe that. Um so um yeah, that's that's been me. Excellent. We're glad to have you on.
0: And last but most certainly not least, Miss Eugene No is joining us.
3: Hello everyone. Um thank you, Liz, um, uh, for having me. Um my name is Eugene No. I recently graduated. Um, from Michigan State University. I I received DMA from there and previously I studied um, piano at New England Conservatory in Boston.
0: Excellent. So let's just jump right into some questions now that our audience has a better idea of where each of you um, come from musically. So the first question is going to be for you, Eugen, since um, you're probably um, right near your mute button. Could you tell us just a bit about your path into the world of piano? Um, this could be anything from how you chose piano. Um, you know, did you play other instruments or have other goals, uh, pursuits? Just tell us a, a bit more about yourself.
3: Yeah, my first exposure to music um, was um, during church services. I I used to go to church when I was a kid, and I would attend various different types of services. And uh, I would get especially um, into listening to the chorales and hymns, the music played by accompanists. So um, I would pay close attention to, the church songs and I could just sit hours listening to them. So music later became my love and devotion toward God. But in any event, I I, I tried out different instruments. Um, I first tried out with violin actually because I had access to um, my friend's violin, like little um, instrument. Um, and I also tried out clarinet but I found myself keep going back to piano playing um, because like, having that capability to play multiple voices and harmonies um, on this instrument really captured my interest. And I was very fortunate to find a teacher who encouraged me to pursue uh, majoring in this instrument. Um, So I started my official lesson at the age of 14. Um, among my colleagues, this is a bit of a late start, but, uh, my teacher did not let me, um, give up on it. And, um, she kept encouraging me to pursue my goal. And I really appreciated that she never treated me like a blind, blind musician. She treated me like everybody else. So, um, I think I've been playing piano for almost two decades, yeah.
0: Wow, uh, teachers really make the difference. And David, sure. I know for you, you had a excellent mentorship from a young age. Could you t- tell us a bit more about that?
1: Well, let's talk about how I started in music um, because I was blind from a very young age and I needed uh, something to play with that could make sounds. I was given an electronic keyboard that could make uh, sounds and one could pluck out tunes and gradually I um, uh, became interested in the piano thanks to visits to relatives' homes and uh, touching the instrument and I started lessons at the age of four. But it was not until um, when I was eight I played for um, the late Uh, Chinese piano pedagogue um, and professor Guangren Zhou um, Zhou being the family name so Guangren Zhou and she uh, suggesting that um, I move to Beijing with my family that um, I really began professional uh, lessons and training so I moved with my family to Beijing uh, from my hometown of Hangzhou in China um, uh, at the age of nine and I started learning with professor Dongli Mao, who is a student of Professor Zhou. During um, undergraduate uh, years, I studied with Professor Zhou at the uh, Central Conservatory of Music for three years. And um, because of her um, health and um, other issues, I was transferred to another teacher for um, um, the last year of my um, undergraduate uh, degree. And uh, in the U.S., I had the fortune of working with Professor Michael Shertock at the College Conservatory of Music, University of Cincinnati. And now at IU, I'm studying with um, Norman Krieger, who is a very wonderful professor. And he offers a lot of practical tips on how to play certain passages and things like that all out of his uh, performing experience. So I'm very happy to have been taught by uh, wonderful teachers and um, what I like to describe as having, as it were, brushes with excellence. But I hope that answered your question a little bit.
0: Oh, very, very well. And um, Elizabeth, I'm interested in hearing about your path to piano because you're also a creative writing major. So it seems like at some point, uh, perhaps um, piano was a, I don't know, was it a hobby for you? And then it be- it became something more serious. Was it always the thing that you were more serious about? Or do piano and writing uh, hold each, each half of your heart?
2: I started playing piano when I was like seven. And um, the way it kind of happened was... Uh, my parents had this this keyboard at first that they uh, let me play on, and I just started to figure out melodies by ear at first, and then um, eventually I started um, taking lessons with uh, a Suzuki teacher. During that time, I also explored uh drums and guitar, and <laughs> um I was not as interested in either of those um the drums and then. With the guitar, I I got kind of frustrated with like all the frets and <laughs> everything. But um, with piano, I that was like the one constant throughout all that, and so I stuck with that. And I started using real music more, um, and uh, but I was also still learning by ear uh, most of the time. And then I went to an arts high school, uh, where. We still had our core classes and uh in the academics but we also like in the afternoons we explored um our art you know everything from uh piano to music theory to music history to a little bit of choir to music technology um to just like uh understanding like piano literature and like the significance of that and all that stuff and it was just amazing and um, if it weren't for those four years of um, arts high school, I wouldn't be where I was. And then the uh, high school years, I also uh, moved to another teacher who really got me prepared um, for for like undergrad for college. And um, <laughs> um, and I know I I kind of wanted to be pushed in um, a little bit harder, and I know it would be tough. And <laughs> I really was. Um, pushed in the right direction and um and if it weren't for her I I wouldn't be where I was and then um so then in undergrad I had uh an amazing uh piano professor um Winston Choi and uh he really changed my whole perspective on uh piano playing uh piano learning and um and with this particular uh, teaching style. And uh, because of that, it really helped me believe in myself as a pianist and as a, um, someone who likes to you know, perform and talk about piano and just help me grow in my passion for uh, piano. So yeah. <laughs>
0: excellent, excellent. So David, help those of us who are not in the classical piano world understand a bit better. What is the difference between playing the classical piano and other styles of piano?
1: I would say classical music, um, uh, in general, tends to be more traditional. You know, you would have this um, sort of teacher and student sort of training, and then usually, uh, I would say 90% of the time, you're playing works written by others. Um, for those who are talented enough to learn a composition, uh, they might you know even compose and um, kind of like singer songwriter, I would say, you know that that type of thing. So um if I was to translate this to pop music, you know we we may for most of the time cover other people's tunes. Um, the uh interesting thing though about classical music, at least for me, is that we also get to not just cover it but also um uh, land our own voices into the music so it's kind of an interpretation more than you know a carbon copy of something if you know what i mean um and classical music uh varies through uh, with different styles um at least in the western european uh variant you get um You know from from maybe 16th or 17th century keyboard music all the way to the music of today and so it is a very historic uh endeavor if you will um i'm gonna say this much um hopefully i i hopefully i have made a very general sort of um picture as to what what it is like i would love to hear what others um, think about this as well.
0: That was a really good uh background for for um beginners who, who are not yet familiar with classical uh piano. Elizabeth, would you agree with that? And if so, uh why did you choose classical piano?
2: Well uh I absolutely would agree with that. Um and to add on to what uh David said, um classical music like, uh, the stuff we're listening to right now, um, that everyone is listening to, really stems from classical music. And we don't often think about that. I mean, even a simple melody can stem from classical music, a simple chord progression. Um, and so, um, and with other styles, we're, we're basically, uh, we're taking a simple thing and adding color to it, adding harmony to it, adding... Uh, you know a story or a different like uh a different like perspective on a story even if it's like you know adding a, a seventh um or, or a ninth on, on top of something you know um but really what got me into classical music was um uh, learning through the Suzuki method and um i also had some uh family friends uh in my life going up who really introduced me to classical music and we would play um we would play cds in their car and that's how i really got to listen to a lot of beethoven and schubert and um mozart and things like that and then i asked my my parents if i could listen to more classical music and then and then you have all this like technology like the ipods and things like that so they would load it's full of classical music. And that's all I listened to for hours and hours and hours. And um, and to also add on in terms of creative writing, um, I think what we don't realize is that a lot of the writing can also relate to classical music, even poetry. I mean, like we had composers who uh created like Schumann and uh who really created music based off of poetry and even if it's like stating a line stating lines a couple of times uh, we, we do that too a lot Like if you want to say a statement or something like that so I think in terms of piano and creative writing and what really got me into that is I really want to tell a story and see how much of that is comparable to, to music
0: That's a really great reason um, and, and great motivation uh, to to pursue this career. So Eugen, I'd like to get your take on this as well. And um, to alter the question ever so slightly, um, could you tell us a bit more about uh, the specific uh, style of classical piano that you prefer to play?
3: <laughs> David and um, Elizabeth mentioned what I really wanted to mention about classical music. The, 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 the reason I appreciate music uh, it's along the same line, just uh, the sophisticated nature of uh, of harmonies and the voices. Um, uh, I the older I get, I just more and more I realize just paying the price to gain something precious. Is, it, it, it's was such a re- rewarding experience and. I don't think any other genre of music can respond in the way as classical music does. Um, That's why I chose um, classical um, over other genre. Um, In terms of the preference of the style, it actually varies um, depending on my mood. I think each style has its own beauty, Um, like the romantic A music, I can be really expressive, uh, as expressive as I want to be. Whereas baroque music, uh, it's um, much more controlled. At the same time, uh, the structure of the writing um, and um, the the way that the music uh, requires you to um, sing and play multiple voices at the same time. Um it really uh, gives um provides um uh a sense of awe when I play um broke bar- music. So um I I personally um do not have like just favorite one one genre. It just um um it, my yeah, my preference changes from time to time.
0: That makes perfect sense. You are allowed to have changing preferences. So um we're gonna jump into a little bit um heavier stuff as far as being a blind musician, a blind pianist. So typically training in the classical arts is a very traditional. Uh, realm. It's a very traditional field. So I'm curious to know, and Elizabeth, we're going to start with you. Um, are there any areas in which you've needed to break with tradition uh, in order to play as a blind pianist?
2: Yeah. So I think what needs to happen more um, is that um as especially as blind musicians, and we need to be exposed to more, uh, of the performance aspect as like accompanists or collaborators, and I think as a blind musician, we're often limited from um collaborate collaborative um like opportunities or um things like that, um. And so for me, um, I've often I I had to kind of um figure out my own way to collaborate with someone, even if it's like for fun and things like that, because I wanted to find out how, what that experience is like. Um, and so, um, but also another thing that in terms of finding music, um, is that not everything in Braille is available. So, um, and you don't, you can't like go and get, a certain edition of a score um because it's you know you, you can't go and get like uh, an urtex edition like you uh you can't like you have to get it from um like a website that has braille music um but you're you're kind of stuck with whatever is is available so you don't get to choose which edition is the best um but um but you still have to work with that, um, and so as as a blind musician um, or, or as a blind pianist, for me, um, you often have to kind of assert yourself a little bit more to do more of the like collaborative aspect of, of playing.
0: That was a really good. Um little cliffhanger for for part two of this show because we're going to get into all of that we're going to get into the accompaniments the performance aspects of classical piano uh, and so on in part two so everybody uh, just be on the lookout for that and david um could you tell us a bit about your experiences were you readily accepted into the uh classical piano community
1: Well, I think, in a way, I am quite accepted uh, as far as um, performances are concerned. Um, for me, I um, I mainly play by ear instead of using braille music. I have used braille music um, before as well, but I find listening to be much more productive, um, personally speaking. Things have been very smooth for me as far as this journey um, of playing music is concerned. and. Um, uh, I do have to adapt um especially like what Elizabeth had said uh um about the communal aspect of uh playing music, the collaborative aspect but as far as um playing itself and learning how to play and uh things of that n- nature, I would say um, at least for me, I think I have no problems with it um and Um, It's been relatively smooth sailing, and I think thanks to uh, good teachers and uh, a supportive uh, peer community, you know, with friends and colleagues, um, it has been uh, quite a smooth journey so far.
0: That's awesome to hear. And we will also be discussing uh, Playing by Ear in part two, uh, just as another plug for that. So... Eugene how about you um was this also an easy uh journey uh, choosing classical piano or were there times where you said like uh oh, maybe I should pick something a bit more freeform um, that will be uh, easier
3: um yeah for me as well my journey hasn't been that that tough um uh, as far as communicating with sighted musicians uh, they were very understanding. Um, I use braille music, um, when, um, to learn repertoires. Um, um, yes, Elizabeth is right. Um, in terms of choosing, um, the repertoire, um, the, the braille score is limited. So I had to get the new rep- new music, um, um, transcribed in advance. Um, and, um, choosing um, addition is a different score of, of, of the same piece is also limited but um sighted peers were very understanding about that and um the only challenge that I I had was uh, learning music um in a uh, restricted time frame to collaborate with others um sighted people have advantage to, um, sight read, I mean, read music and play at the same time. But us as um, blind musicians, we, we don't have that that advantage. We have to memorize everything. So uh, if I'm given a short time frame, it, it's a lot of pressure to get the music uh, in my head and get the notes under my fingers and shape the phrases. And um, yeah, but um, that's something that all blind musicians have to go through. So I didn't um, consider that as a barrier. Um,
0: Yeah, I, I hope
3: that answers question, yeah.
0: It most certainly does and for now that's our episode this is only part one of two um for the classical piano edition um thank you all for listening we will have everyone's social media in the description as well as a link to um a clip of david david's recital that he did recently it is on his youtube page but that'll be linked in the description as you hear it now um While we leave, thank you so much, everyone. This has been another episode of Scene Change. I'm Caitlin McIntyre, President of the National Federation of the Blind Performing Arts Division. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Scene Change. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website at nfb-pad.org. There you'll find links to our social media, membership, and resources for blind performers. Thanks to everyone who makes this show happen. Scene Change is produced by Shane Lowe, Joe Schooneman, Precious Perez, Chris Nussbaum, Seun Choi, and Aaron Jordan. With music by Ryan Strunk and Tom Page. Remember, you can be the performer you want. Blindness is not what holds you back. We'll see you next time.